This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. family of the ptb wrestling network hello welcome to uh, this week's episode of your home for everything current up to date and always exciting modern day professional pugilism place be nation's main event i am your tri-host scott criscola uh life and such we could not get a show out a couple weeks ago but we're here this week uh the problem was I lost the key to the forbidden door and I sat out on the porch. So sucked. I couldn't find the key to the forbidden door. Oh well. Uh I asked Nick Gage if he could if I could borrow some of his light tubes, but he said I can't, man. That's all the work rate I got. So anyway. So we're here this week. And we got a lot to talk about. So let's bring in the crew and get started. He is the purveyor. Of the Kings of Sport Patreon. When the NBA draft is on, he goes back to the days when that outstanding two guard from the University of Georgia, the human highlight film, was traded to the Atlanta Hawks and uh, put on an unbelievable show throughout his amazing career. He wishes he had a 21 jersey. Maybe he does. He might be wearing his Tree Rollins throwback jersey. Good evening, Godfather Nate Milton. What is going on, Scott Criscola? Actually, I'm not wearing any of the of the above, even though those would be great choices. I'm yes. actually wearing, uh, in honor of Secret Invasion, which uh, premiered this week, I'm wearing my it's Nick the- Fury Avengers jersey. And I just want to oh. say, Scott, I just want to say I don't want to get too political or step on anybody's beliefs or step on oh. anybody's toes. But oh. uh, yes, those scrolls deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> 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 oh man yeah those scrolls um <laughs> ugly bastards no one would and, and we, we can we can use the s word yes ugly bastards steve's steve's half scroll yeah <laughs> steve is one of the prettier scrolls good evening steve aloysius <laughs> willie how are you hello yeah i'm, I'm half and a half I'm, I'm the super scroll super scroll <laughs> yep uh gentlemen it's good to be back as always uh so two two big topics I want to discuss this week. One is, of course, big show happening this weekend. Uh, the first of back-to-back weekends of big shows, of course. Uh, next Saturday, uh, Saturday of 4th of July. Well, it's not really 4th of July weekend because 4th of July is a Tuesday. But, of course, uh, the first Saturday of July, the final step on the road to SummerSlam. Money in the Bank from uh, Jolly Old England. The first official, you, well, no, I should say, well, the first official pay-per-view in London since SummerSlam 1992, of course, Clash at the Castle was in Wales uh, last September. Um, and then, of course, coming up in four weeks, or, well, I guess six weeks, I suppose, Steve Aloysius Willie, you and I, and a throng of others will be in the Motor City uh, for SummerSlam. And I certainly would love to meet Alex Shelley. Uh, what's Alex Shelley right now? He's a Motor City machine gun. Oh, that's right. He is the Impact World Champion. Because who picked him to win that match? 
uh, the match to become number one contender. I'm trying to remember who picked him. Oh, that's right. This guy <laughs> picked him. And everybody <laughs> laughed at me. And this guy picked Alex Shelley. And he actually beat Steve Mackle, which I honestly didn't think was going to happen. But <laughs> I thought he was at least going to get the title shot. But uh, if, if I could, I, if I, I think I have to interject because I have a prediction to make that has nothing to do with wrestling. And, you know, we got the NBA draft as we're taping. I am, guys guaranteed, oh. I am going to guarantee you that by the time this episode drops, put uh-huh. a timestamp on this. Yep. Taylor Hendricks's mom, Taylor Hendricks just got drafted by the Utah Jazz literally minutes ago. Mm-hmm. His mom is going to be a viral meme. Just put put a timestamp on this right now and you know, put it in the notes. I, and I want to check it on, on Friday. Google this. Google Taylor Hendricks' mom. And and let's get back to Alex Shelley, because that, that's all I got to say. Okay. Let's see. Google. Well, now I don't know who the hell you're talking about. Taylor yeah. Hendricks. H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S. Mom. Yep, if they're, yeah. <laughs> Taylor Hendricks' mom. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to hit the internet. I don't think it's hit the internet yet, but. No, it's going to take a little, little time. It's going to take a little time. Let's revisit this. <laughs> Let's revisit this tomorrow. <laughs> um, that can't. My be God, no, that's not. That's not her. All right. Anyway, all right. We'll get to that. So, Alex Shelley is your Impact Champion because uh, Scotty C picked it. Anyway, um, but they they got a show coming up soon. But uh, good for you. No, we have we have Money in well the Bank. Deserved. Yes, of course it was. I I I said that that someone was going to get a lifetime achievement world title, and nobody deserves it better than Alex Shelley. Chris Saban already got was world champion. Yep. I watched that match in 2013 when he beat Bully Ray. So it's time for Alex Shelley to get his shot, and, and I'm glad he did. Uh, but we're not talking about Impact tonight. Uh, we got a big show Sunday in in uh, Tr- in Toronto. Toronto. And uh, and then, of course, obviously, our next episode will be after Money... Excuse me. We'll be after Money in the Bank, and we can start talking about the road to SummerSlam in Detroit. First time I've ever... Not the first time I've been in Michigan... But the first time I will ever be in the city of Detroit. So I'm kind of excited about that. Anyway, um, obviously, this uh, Sunday is Forbidden Door, uh, the second annual, which is, of course, the combo show put on by All Elite Wrestling, who is has one of the most harmonious locker rooms in all of professional wrestling. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves everybody. The AEW locker room. Uh, and, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we will preview that show for you. It's, of course, on uh, that Bleacher Live, which is crap. Um, and then uh, part two of our show tonight will be the big topic I've been wanting to talk to these gentlemen about. Uh, part one of the discussion I had with uh, with uh, Dr. G last weekend uh, uh, on the NWA Saturday special, and I'm going to continue it today. So we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So Sunday in Toronto is the... First and second annual Forbidden Door, which is the combo pay-per-view uh, between um, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I think in theory is fun. This is my thing about this show, guys. In theory, and you look at the card, and last year's card obviously was a little wonky because there was still some, you know, vid things going on and visas and all that kind of shit and injuries. So last year's show was not as good as it could have been. This show, matches alone, this show looks 
amazing. But, and yes, there's a but. I know everybody, oh, Debbie Downer. Sorry, this is an objective show. Uh, I think the matches on this card are going to be amazing. I know Meltzer's already probably given them eight stars and others have given them one star, which leads to our second topic later. But I've always been of the mindset that it's very hard to watch a show when you kind of already feel the results are predetermined. We look at the card and you have one, two, three, four, five title matches. Some AEW belts on the line, some IWGP belts on the line. Then we have some regular singles matches. Of course, we have a 10-man tag because, you know, AEW has to adopt the New Japan way of getting a zillion guys in a match just to, you know, get them paid. Um, so let me ask you this. I'll, I'll start with you, Nathaniel. Knowing that these belts will pro- – and we'll go over the matches, but – Knowing that these belts will probably not change, does that take away from the show for you that, or are you, or, or is this a show where we really don't give a shit about the results and we just want like a bunch of five star matches? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it depends on how you're coming to look at the show. Like I feel like Scotty, if you're looking at this show just like any other of AEW's pay per view offerings, then yes, like in terms of the story and the build and the intrigue and things of that nature, it can fall short. Um, particularly when, when you're talking about these title matches, because I feel like if we get one title match, I think that'll be like, <laughs> that'll be an accomplishment. Right. Uh, because you're not only talking about just the everyday politics of one company, which you find, you know, throughout wrestling, but now you're dealing with two companies and two sets of politics and two sets of egos that you've got to manage. Uh, but I think if you look at it in the way of this is an all-star game, that's, that's how I've kind of looked at these shows. Uh, and I think last year's show was solid, even though due to the things you mentioned, particularly the injuries, it wasn't as good as it could have been. But to me, this is all about, like, let's give you some, if not dream matches, some matches that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think that I needed this combination. But now that I've seen this match, I'm glad we got that combination. So I think it's it's an all-star game. Like, there's nothing really on the line in this, because uh, like you said, the titles probably aren't, aren't going to switch hands. Uh, but I think, you know, if you come into it with that mindset of, yeah, I just want to see some good wrestling, uh, you know, from these two companies that, you know, do this once a year or, you know, maybe a handful of times a year where a certain performer will pop in for a little bit. Uh, I think you, it, you, it's an enjoyable show and an, an enjoyable concept. Mm. Mr. Willie, what do you think? I think just like last year, this while there was a pretty big good idea that Tony Khan had of what the show was going to be like, like you said, there's a couple of injuries. This was another year where everything, like the main events were out there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Danielson Okada, Omega Osprey have been out there for a few weeks right now. But the rest of the show, and I still think there's at least one more match that we're going to find out about on Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just coming together right now. I mean, I, I want to say that, uh, let's see, two, three, five matches were pretty much denounced on Dynamite this week. One, Another one was announced, but it was pretty obvious what they were, were doing with it. So it, it just comes together pretty darn quickly. And part of that is the New Japan side of mm-hmm. things. Um, there are quite a few matches that are obvious, but I'd say the 
two biggest matches in Danielson Okada and Omega Osprey. I mean, I would heavily lean Okada, but Omega Osprey, I would say, is kind of a 50-50 right now. Mm. The Orange Cassidy match, I'd say, is up in the air. The tag with the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, there's guys on each side that could clearly be the loser. Uh, but besides that, pretty the, all the rest of the matches are obvious where they're going. But it is a bit of that. Some of it's dream matches, but also it's it's stuff you would never see before. Like Jungle Boy Sonata. That should never happen ever. <laughs> but here we are. And MGF right. Tanahashi, mm. which, is his, which is hilarious. It's going to be funny. Um, and it goes back a year where MGF is like, I would never fight any of these like New Japan indie guys, you know, just kind of kind of ripping on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's just kind of fun stuff. I didn't have high hopes for Forbidden Door last year, and I and I went to it, and it was maybe the best show, if not the second best show of the year overall in terms of pay per views. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think this one's looks even better on paper mm-hmm. than that one. Oh, on paper, this card is amazing. Let's let's go through the let's not go match by match. We'll just run through the matches quick and then we'll mm-hmm. talk about it. So we have a pre-show match. Athena and Billy Starks in a first round women's Owen Hart Cup tournament match. Uh tournament. Then of course, as you mentioned, Kenny uh Omega defends the IWGP US title against Will Ospreay. I have a feeling Will wins that match, though. I think that so might be too. a title change. Because I think, I think so too. Then he could take that belt back to Japan, and then we don't have to deal with Kenny holding a belt that he's not defending, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Okada. I'll get to that in a minute. Sonata and Jack and and uh, Baby Dylan is fucking stupid. <laughs> it's a stupid <laughs> match. It's a fucking stupid match. And I love Jungle Boy. He's Baby Dylan. I love him. I love Sonata. This match is dumb. <laughs> I don't know why they, why of all the AEW guys to put in for an IWGP world title match, this makes any sense. Hell, I would put, put Hook in there. Well, I think something's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. I think they're leading the Jungle Boy versus Hook, and maybe even a, a heel Jungle Boy. Yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, as you mentioned, MJF is, def- is defending the world title against Tanahashi, which you know that's not changing. Uh, we have a six-man tag. You have Le Suzuki Gods, which is Jericho, Sammy, and Suzuki against Sting, Darby Allin, and TBA. And you know, Tony Khan, the lights will go out and Brian Pillman will be standing there. No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we have a 10-man tag because this is an idea, this is a half uh, New Japan show. Uh, the BCC, so Mox, Wheeler Yuta, and uh, Claudio Cesaro uh, taking on Takashita. Oh, Takashita and Umino are in that, on that team too. Against uh, uh, Hangman. The uh, the Bucks, Eddie Kingston, and Ishii. That's a fun. I, I that that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punk, that guy, taking on Kojima in a tournament first round match, which I think is a bunch of <laughs> fucking stupid. What? what if they just wrestle instead of making up a first round match? We all know who's gonna win. That's yeah, it's like a playing game. I, I think they idiot. wanted to have Kenta there, but yeah, right. No, but, I did hear that. They did want Kenta there. Yeah, they did. I think Kenta wanted a little bit more money than they were given. <laughs> wanted to give him. Yeah, uh, we have a four way for the international title. Uh, Orange Julius uh, there will defend against uh, Steve's guy ZSJ uh, Shibata who I can't believe is still alive and uh, Daniel Garcia I have a feeling there's a title change here but I think Daniel Garcia wins I think the belt stays in AEW but I think Daniel Garcia wins the belt 
we'll get I wish the, they would have had a four man this four men in a little mini tournament. Like, yeah, that would be my dream right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Like all four of my my guy. Well, except I still have Shibata PTSD from when we did that show. Mm. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Uh, Tony Storm will defend the AEW women's title against the IWGP women's champion, Willow Nightingale. I know they all wanted it to be you-know-who, and I don't think anybody cared. That's just my opinion, but whatever. And then Adam Cole takes on Tom Lawler, which might be a fun match. So, great matches. Uh, in terms of... In terms of the titles... I think Will beats Kenny so that Kenny's not carrying around a belt he doesn't defend anymore. Uh, Sonata, I mean, obviously we all we all know what's going to happen there. Sonata and MJF will walk out of the building with their belts. We know that. Mm-hmm. I think Tanahashi will put on a great show. I think uh, I think Baby Dylan will put on a great show. I don't think the matches will be bad. They're just very predictable. Uh, the six-man could be good. Well, let's break it down. So, Adam Cole. Bebe, taking on Tom Lawler. Uh, this is just going to be a good match. It's just a nice match. I'm sure MJF will cause some kind of shit. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, like I think this is... This has the potential to be, you know, on this match of high expectations. This has the, this has the potential to be a match that could be seen as a bit of a sleeper, Steve. Uh, because I feel like it's going to be good with those two guys in it. But maybe folks aren't as hyped because it doesn't seem as far-fetched as Jungle Boy Sonata, you know, (laughs) or (laughs) as much of a dream match as Brian Okada. And so I feel like, you know, Lawler and uh, uh, Adam Cole, like I think they'll put on a really good match and has the potential to, like, steal the show. But I also feel like this is the match that is most ripe for storyline infection in terms of, this is here to further the story between Adam and MJF. Right. And in terms of it being a potential sleeper match, I don't think many people are going to know Filthy Tom Lawler in terms of wrestling. Some people mm-hmm. might know him from like podcasts or something like that. Yeah. But yep. if you're looking at this entire lineup, probably Billy Starks and Filthy Tom Lawler are going to be the one that people know the least about. Mm, right filthy tom has never really gotten a shot anywhere except like mlw and during g1 last year so not something that most people would ever see uh so you know he might go out to try to make a name for himself as well he should he's actually pretty he's actually pretty cool wrestler um so obviously adam cole will win and there'll be some sort of chicanery but it will be it'll be like when timothy thatcher came in to wrestle danielson Mm. Uh, hopefully this leads to lawler getting more opportunities elsewhere yeah Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, all right. For the women's title, uh, we have uh, Tony Storm taking on the IWGP women's champion, Willow Nightingale, and it's for Tony's belt. Now, obviously, Tony's going to win. But first off, I'll start with you, Steve. Number one, your thoughts on how you think the match will go. Uh, or do you think Willow Nightingale wins? She obviously isn't, but maybe she will. Who knows? Uh, and number two... Obviously, this was probably supposed to be Ms. Monet. Uh, would it have mattered anymore? Like, are we are we past this now? Like, Tony pointing at Vince and Triple H. Ha ha, we have Sasha Banks. Ha ha. Like, are we past that now? Like, would anyone have, would it have even mattered? I think, uh, the, and, 
I think the fans would be super excited if it was her. Uh, I don't even know if it would be because it wouldn't be that Tony has her. It would just be we're borrowing her for one match. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, for this pay-per-view. Um, so right. I, I, that, I, I wish that would be what happened. But I'm also really happy for Willow Nightingale mm, uh, getting a chance with like that that strong title because, quite frankly, Mercedes uh, pulled a, an audible on her own, realizing she's was injured, and now they're just kind of running with it. And they did this last year where they just kind of had the token AEW women's match because they um, didn't have access to the Stardom women. Right. So at least this is somewhat related to New Japan Wrestling, mm-hmm. New Japan Pro, but there's also this long continuing story with these outcasts versus uh, AEW originals, which seems to never going to be ending. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a fine match. What do you think, Nate? Yeah. I think to your first question, uh, I think it absolutely would have. Added some sizzle to this card, which already it's 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 like you know when you're uh when you're at Applebee's, Steve Willie, and they walk past you with that that plate of sizzling fajitas. Now imagine if that plate of sizzling fajitas was twice as big and had like a full pitcher of ice cold beer on it. <laughs> it, it it made the sizzling fajitas even better. I think Sasha is still enough of a draw and enough of an interest sparker for people that might have been on the fence about this pay per view. Like, I think there's a lot of people that were already in the tank. We're buying this regardless. There's a lot of people on the other side that are like, eh, I'll just wait and, and hear if, you know, what, what comes out of it. You know, if there's matches I need to go back and see. Uh, but I think if you were on the fence, Sasha Banks showing up on this show would be something that would be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that tips the scales in favor of me watching this because I do feel like there is still a novelty of seeing her outside of that WWE system. Uh, and there would be a novelty of seeing her in, yes, it's a co-branded show, but this is like AEW, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that there's something to that, Scotty. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we'll we'll revisit this down the road because I, I feel like Sasha's eventually going to end up in AEW, at least for a little while, you know, sometime in the future. Uh, but in, ter- in terms of this match in particular, I think it'll be a fun match. We've seen the match before. Uh, I, like, like Steve, I'm a big fan of Willow. I feel like there's there's almost a better chance that we could get a title change with Willow than with uh, Mercedes because Willow like works for AEW. And so mm-hmm. it would be it would be an easier transition, but I still think like Steve said, like we're only on chapter 7 of this 47 long chapter, 47 <laughs> chapter long story uh, <laughs> of the Outcast. Uh, and so uh Tony Storm with the win, probably mm-hmm. through some uh, nefarious means if you will. Yeah, probably. I agree. But it should be a fun match. And I, I like Willow Nightingale, too. All right. Uh, this four-way for the international title, we have Orange Julius uh, taking on uh, ZSJ uh, Shibata, who, again, can't believe he actually can is actually chewing food, and uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, is this a stage? I'll, I'll go to you, Nate, for this one. Uh, obviously... Could there be a chance somebody <laughs> wins the title here? Um, and B, is this mostly a, a ZSJ stage? Mm-hmm. Like, just for the world to see him? Because right now he's, like, one of the two or three best in the world right now. What What are your thoughts on, like, where this match goes? 
I, I mean, there's two questions that come to mind right now. One is where this match goes. The other question, which I'm sure Steve Willie has right now, as we are both uh, watching the same program in the background, is where the hell did Grady Dick <laughs> get, get this Gunther Gable Williams uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson victory tour? Uh, Will Ferrell in 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 that figure skating movie jacket that he's wearing on ESPN right now, and he's got the it's, grill in the bottom two teeth that looks yes. Like he, like, I, I don't it. know it what to make of this person. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even fit his, te- his teeth. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm not sure what I'm watching right now. but uh, and, and, and his mom could easily be his girlfriend. Yes, yes. This, this is going to be a big night for moms. I'm, yeah, I'm already calling it, Steve Willie. <laughs> this is so hmm. much better than the NFL draft. I cannot even this tell is, you how much better this is. This is the, the, hmm. the, the, the mom draft. That's what it is, Steve Willie. Ah, <laughs> oh. Come and choose there you go. We just uh, we've just scheduled the next King's uh, Sport <laughs> episode, NBA Mom Draft. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. With the third pick in the in the first round, uh, Delonte West selects LeBron James' mom. That's <laughs> that was too far, <laughs> Steve Willie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but back to this four way match. Like I think this is going to be a, a Zach showcase. Uh, but I'm going to say the same thing about this match that we did when we uh, did our uh, AEW preview last time around. I feel like Orange Cassidy still is going to retain because I I think with the run he's had, it deserves to be lost in a one-on-one match, not a multi-man match. I absolutely agree. So yeah, I'm going with uh, Orange Cassidy for the win. And, and that point. being said, I have literally no idea who it's going to be except maybe Miro. Uh, mm. but yeah, <laughs> um, if anyone wins, it will be Daniel Garcia. Uh, yeah. my only disappointment with this match is that I wish it was orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre jr. Cause I think the two of them yes. could have an amazing match, but there's gotta be too much, too many politics in play between Zach having the television championship in new Japan and then orange Cassidy having the international, how it, right. like someone's going to have to lose. And... That could be the one match that turns Scotty around on Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. If he drops the bullshit and just wrestles a great match, maybe. <laughs> well, we have to, I, I'm just going to have to go through this streak and find the matches that he was really, really good in mm-hmm. and then right. send him your way. Because I think there was yeah. a Daniel Garcia one that was outstanding. Okay. Okay. I agree. I, I think I think uh, Cassidy keeps it, and I think he should lose it in a one-on-one. You should always lose your title in a one-on-one. Uh, WWE is the best at winning, uh, at having matches change when you don't get pinned. Uh, all right. So next we have Phil taking on uh, Kojima in a first round match. In a first round squash match. Yeah, really. I mean, this is bullshit. Um, I think uh, I think you're going to get a first off. The match will be will be. Mm. I, know. But Steve <laughs> Willie. Uh, I feel two things. Number one, uh, I think this match is not going to be very good. Mm-hmm. And B, I think uh, Punk's going to get a mix of cheers and boos because that promo the other night, he was kind of a douche. Well, I guess he was himself. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, or, or, he's, uh, he's tired of being nice, Scott. He's all these years, he's been the nicest guy in the room. He's, he's all tired of it. Absolutely has. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I agree 100%. Uh, so, Number one, Steve Willie, this match is going to suck, right? And B, uh, do you think the fans are kind of seeing through all this bullshit and have already had enough? I mean, yeah, the Chicago fans because they're a bunch of nut jobs. Well, he's a home. I mean, he is a like a legitimate hometown 
Like people right. know who he is who aren't into wrestling. Right. But I mean, now that we, you know, obviously AEW can't do every show in fucking Chicago. So, right. so well, I think. try. <laughs> well, Tony does try. He, he did like, it feel like he did like six straight pay-per-views in Tony Chicago. Tony Khan said, hold my beer and my sizzling fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think so, Tony Khan rents out the back room of Applebee's ooh. in like Jacksonville <laughs> for meetings? Do you get the shrimp? Is that the one where you get the shrimp with your burger? No, that's Chili's, right? I don't know. All those girls. <laughs> all, all I know is Ruby Tuesdays has the killer salad bar. That's all I know. Um, uh, so, so, Steve, do we... His grill! <laughs> I can't stop his grill! <laughs> he's obviously got this in this week, and he's, like, playing with it, like, when a kid gets a retainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's even better with no volumes on man oh my God. this is the greatest tell- I, i'm sorry i'm listening i am with you i i think <laughs> punk uh purposely came off as annoying uh my hot take is this will be the worst match on the show mm-hmm. yep um i don't even think the one with kenta would be much better because kenta's matches have been a lot of bullshit like interference mm. stuff in japan lately but do we think uh, punk is gonna get like a mix? yes I think it will be, I'm saying, like, two-thirds pro, one-third against. Mm Because Toronto's just as hot of a wrestling town as Chicago is, in my opinion. Oh, Uh, yeah, I agree. And, yeah, there, he won't, he won't get cheered in every town. He Well, he will get cheered in every town, but there's going to be a... Different fractions of it, you know. Yeah, it's not going to be Chicago every week. Right. I mean, he got booed out of the building when he was feuding with MJF and they were in uh, New York when they were in. Yes. In Long Island. Yep, I agree. And he didn't get a great, when I went to that, uh, was it two years ago? When I went to that uh, um, Dynamite in Bridgeport. That was last year because I went right before, uh, I think I went right. No, I'm sorry. It was two years ago. Wait. Yeah, it was last year because it was right before I went to Dallas. Um, uh, he got kind of a mixed reaction even there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think, Nate? Like, obviously you got to put him on the show cause he's there, but the way that this is going to go and the way the crowd is, is it even worth it? Yes, <laughs> because the ultimate goal of this is not to prop up CM Punk. The ultimate goal of this is to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. And CM Punk, you know, regardless of whether you love him or you hate him, he is somebody that still moves the needle, as we saw this past week yep. on Collision. And so I think, you know, as as we've all said, the match isn't going to be good. Uh, you know, it like it'll be solid, but it'll be the worst match on this show of dream matches. Uh, but I don't think this is supposed to be the work rate match. I think this is supposed to be the match where Punk comes out. Like, here's the thing. As much as Toronto is a knowledgeable crowd and a crowd that can kind of take matters into their own hands at times, he's going to get cheers when that music hits. He's going to get cheers when he comes out. During the matches where you're going to see the kind of that dynamic, and I'm with Steve, I think it'll be like 60-40, maybe 70-30 at best uh, in favor of Punk, but the boos will be noticeable Mm -hmm. uh, in that crowd. Uh, But to me, this is not about you know, having a great match. Cause we've got like a, a card full of great matches, Scotty. This yes, is do. about, you know, I think maybe this match has the advantage on some of these others in terms of investment, because 
like you know, Jungle Boy Sonata. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun little match that I didn't want. That's you know, to, right, uh, right. The coach Steve Willie, but I don't know what the emotional investment is gonna be, especially in that building. Whereas with this match with uh, Punk, it's not gonna be as good as Jungle Boy Sonata, but I think the crowd is gonna be into it because you know they came to cheer this man or they came to boo this man, yep. and either way you're getting the reaction. You know what I mean, Scott? Like so, at the end of the day. Yep. That's what that's what matters. You know, that's what Tony Khan is here for. That's what the Muffin Man Phil Brooks is here for. Like, CM Seltzer. Give me a reaction, you know, whether CM it's positive Seltzer. or negative, because it's going to come across on TV. And that makes this feel even bigger than the two and a half, three star match that it's actually going to be. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. You're absolutely right. Um, all right. This 10 man tag looks absolutely fascinating. We have BCC. And by the way, I'm going to make a point officially standing here with you right now. I love heel mocks. Mm-hmm. Love heel mm-hmm. asshole He's scary. Mocks. I think he's awesome. He's legitimately scary. Like, he's so, like his character yeah. is so unhinged. You, yep. I, I, I like him. waiting for him to, to do something. Like, yeah, I actually like him. Now I realized I like him. I think he's a fucking it doofus when he's a baby face i love him that's so much oh that's all you needed scotty to like this man was for him to turn it's it's much like me and uh terry balea like that's the only time exactly like terry balea was when he was hollywood you <laughs> <laughs> get a good reason to hate him uh <laughs> like everybody else um all right so uh you know wheeler Yuta's great claudio cesaro's great obviously takashita and and uh umino and then you've got hangman the Bucks, Eddie, and Ishii. I think this match is going to be just a sloppy, fun fuck fest. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, you know, if I'm... Say what you want about the Bucks. You can love or hate the Bucks. I know people that love the Bucks. I know people that hate the Bucks. I've always been kind of ambivalent with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You guys know how I feel about Hangman. Love the fucking guy. And I think that, like, what Brett did to Sean for the sunny days, I think... Hangman should walk into that locker room and slug Phil in the fucking face. <laughs> and I think that's why Punk's going to get booed. I, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I think that's why he's going to get booed in a lot of places because Paige is lovable. He's he is. A, he's yeah. a great wrestler. He's had great stories his entire career, and he seems to be a really cool guy, a really nice guy. Right. Like he's just like he's like son of a teacher. You know, just yep. like regular yep. dude. And so. And and he like whatever the stuff that happened with him and Punk was such little piddly bullshit that Punk got upset about mm-hmm. that like yeah he's Punk's gonna be loved I I I have mixed feelings about Punk myself like I, he's definitely taken a couple notches down in in my book for yep. the way he's behaved but then I also saw like what he said after um collision the other day and i'm like i can't hate you punk come on phil um (laughs) right so yeah but i i do think that's that is a solid point scott that because Paige is like kind of gotten the shaft in this whole situation he has has. it sucks and you know that i love i love hangman i thought his title reign was way too short and like fuck you phil just fuck you (laughs) <laughs> you know what makes me mad about well we can talk about that. that's another topic i want to stay on point but uh i think it's gonna be a fun match who do you like steve this could be I, i'm not sure who i like here i don't know 
Um, I don't either sure. either Umino's taking the pin, the pin or Ishii's taking the pin. Um, oh, my cat just came down. Hi. I didn't even know you could come down. Um, could, you I stop think being, that... uh, could you stop doing your impersonation of Kevin Kelly, please? Let's <laughs> <laughs> you know you're going to well, feed the do, fucking Oreos. We're talking about AEW. I thought, like, Kevin would fit right in. Yeah, yes. You're gonna, well, if you feed the cat Oreos, you are fitting into <laughs> no, Kevin no. So there you go. <laughs> or yeah, um. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say the elite need a win. Uh, need a win here. I, I, I think the most intriguing part of this match is uh, Kingston and Claudio, because I, I did see the interview that set this match up. Because you know BCC had a huge advantage, so Kingston said basically to the Bucks and Page, "I don't like you. I don't even respect you." But Claudio's on the other team, and I hate him even more. So I, I'll be on your team as long as I can pick the fifth member. And so that's how Ishii got in, involved in right. this. So right. yeah, this is just going to be like the last pay-per-view, an absolute utter brawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Building I up to blood and guts at some point, Yeah, you know, pretty shortly. Yep, with Trevor with Trevor Lawrence uh, in a steel chair. Um, what do you think, Nate? Yeah, I, I think there's a, word, there's a way to do this where uh, BCC wins and we put even more uh, hard times, if you will, on yeah. the elite. But I'm with Steve. Like, I think we even this up because the ultimate goal is to end this in, you know, a, a big, crazy, uh, even crazier because they've already done a big, crazy brawl. Uh, so we're, we're upping the stakes. We're, we're, we're ratcheting up the intensity uh, as each match goes on between these two factions. So give me uh, the elite here. Uh, but I think this is going to be fun. This is going to be uh, crazy. And I love the injection of eddie kingston into this feud mm-hmm. yeah i think it's gonna be a fun and, and i'm not the biggest eddie kingston fan but i think it'll be fun i i like the i think it'll be a fun knock him down brawl and the crowd will get jacked up for it so um all right this the other uh tagger we've got le suzuki gods which is uh chris jericho who's just looking really you want to talk about bad road Woo! <laughs> good lord Sammy and uh, Suzuki, who I always love because he's just like a he's like he's like Harley Race, you know. Yeah, just a that's two, a he's, he's just a two he's just a two dollar steak. I mean, that's yeah. all that's what he is. Uh, taking on uh, Sting, Darby Allen, and uh, TBA. Nate, who wins and who's TBA? If this were six months ago or nine months ago when we were halfway through uh, Muda's 12-month retirement tour. <laughs> oh, my God. That would, have been, that would be yeah. awesome. That would have been really cool. But uh, Muda's off of the table now, uh, yep. so to speak. Uh, so I'm trying to think. It's got to be, to me, if you're teaming somebody with Sting and Darby, you've got to play off of one of those guys. So it's either right. got to be somebody who maybe has crossed paths with Sting and has a history with Sting. Uh, or it's got to be like somebody on the come up who you yep. can kind of pair with Darby. Uh, so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, what Steve thinks about this. Uh, but in terms of who wins this match, I, you know, we all love uh, murder grandpa uh, on these streets. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sammy's been, been just killing it lately. And Jericho, Jericho, even though he's got a lot of city miles on him, Scotty, I think Jericho can still play an effective heel. Right. Uh, so I think uh, Sting, Darby, and uh, the mystery, the third man. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's Terry Balea. 
they, <laughs> they, they, uh, they, they get the win in this one. Right. What do you think, Steve? This is actually well. I, Sting and Darby's team will win. the The interesting thing to me is who's going to be the tag partner. Because last year it was Shingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they called themselves the Dudes with Attitudes, and Shingo Takagi was. Um, then at All Out, Miro tagged with Darby Allen and Sting. Mm-hmm. So with Miro just returning, that was my initial thought that it was going to be him. Because I also think Miro and Suzuki mm. beating the tar out of each other would be fun. So that's what I'm leaning towards. Um, but, uh, you know, also, you know, I've, Andrew Reese has talked about um, Naito or Hiromu. But mm. I, I think I think those guys might end up with and there might be an additional match added with House of Black and Andrade. Andrade said he was going to bring some friends, and so I, I figured, like Naito and you know mm-hmm. someone else in Los Ingobernables de Japón. De Japón. Uh, so yeah. I, I think it's going to be Miro, is my guess. And yeah, of course, Sting and Darby East team will win. Are we leaning towards Jericho versus Sting one on one at All In? I hope not. I hope not either. That would that match will be awful. I'm sorry, uh, it'll be awful. S- Sting has Sting has said he has a plan for his retirement. Yeah. And my guess is that it's going to involve Darby somehow. Mm-hmm. And he's also said he's not doing one-on-one matches. Yeah. Like I so, I think cuz cuz my my original I think we may have talked about it here. It was either here or on the NWA podcast was Sting and MJF. Mhm. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, on the way out. But I think, you know, after hearing Sting say that, I think the greatest, the, the best way for them to go out is maybe winning the tag titles or, or the trios titles with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe yeah. Sting will be punk for his bag. Mm. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I have a feeling that the Sting team wins and yeah, Miro would be pretty good. Maybe a pretty good move there. Um. All right, so MJF defending the uh, AEW title against Tanahashi. That match would be a lot of fun. We all know MJF's going to win. I mean, anything you want to add to that, Nate? No, I think, uh, you know, MJF's going to win, and uh, maybe maybe we get a, a little payback for his, his tomfoolery in the earlier Adam Cole match. Hmm. Steve, same? Yeah, I think MJF wins. Um, it's kind of like last year with Moxley. And Tanahashi having to mm-hmm. step in, and he made it a a really fun match. Tanahashi doesn't have much left in the tank, no. but he's one of those guys that can come in and just have a a, a decent match just because of his look and his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be a bunch of comedy and MJF running away and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, same with this match. Uh, uh, the uh, IWGP World Champion Sonata taking on uh, Baby Dylan, uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, so we're thinking that like Jungle Boy may get a big pin and then Hook fucks it up, or they heal on each other or something. What do you think, Nate? Either that or Jungle Boy does something that uh, costs him and he comes up short because that was also the story they were telling in the Four Pillars match. Is that Jungle Boy had an opportunity to kind of take advantage of a situation. Mm-hmm. And because he was too nice, you know, he was like Phil Brooks. He's just a nice guy. Uh, because he was too mm. nice, he wasn't able to win the big one. 
And I think right. we might get a similar situation in this one. It could involve Hook or it could just be he doesn't do something and that hesitation costs him and that furthers Jungle Boy down the path of getting a little bit more violent and a little more heelish. Right. Steve? Yeah, since he had the program with Christian Cage, he, uh, he slowly but surely have been getting a little darker um, he's trying to grow facial hair. He's like turning his dad, into a jungle man, Steve. It's just, yeah, it's just not working. <laughs> um, they have made a point of saying that Hook is going to be in Jungle Boy's corner, mm-hmm. which I don't think they would do because it's not like Sonata's this mega heel or something like that where Jungle Boy needs backup. Right. So, yeah, Jungle, they're either going to run into each other or some sort of schmaz, or Jungle Boy is going to start healing it up a little bit and they're going to. You know, that's the build. That's why this is happening. To get mm-hmm. Sonata to have a title match in front of this crowd, to have the, the IWGP title on the line, and then to build to what seems to be Jungle Boy versus Hook. I don't think you can turn Hook heel at this point. Jungle I mean, Boy, if, I think. If you, if you do turn Hook heel, he's got like a built-in finisher, the heel hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is Fat Joe on my television? <laughs> really is this rucker park um uh wrestling uh tie-in with fat joe there's I, I don't know if this is coming out in how many cities this is going to but they're doing some tacos and tequila tour mm. with like nelly and fat joe are the headliners but there's also like lucha libre on the show Interesting. <laughs> and and you know you got tacos and tequila hmm. in 90s hip-hop i <laughs> 90s 2000 hip hop. I would even say I would even go so far say 2000 hip hop. Add some yeah. sizzling fajitas and and you you got a date, Steve Willie. Yeah, me and TK. <laughs> well, I used to like the fact that like when you know Fat Joe's team was oh I forgot what their name was, but they were always in the Rucker Park League. We stared on NBA TV, <laughs> and the trophy was the big gold belt. Fat Joe mm. always walked around with the world heavyweight title, so that was always pretty great. Um, all right. We're going to skip the match. The match I really, really want to talk about, we'll do last. So, Kenny taking on Will for the IWGP US title. I think this is the only legit title change. And this makes sense. Kenny's got to be here. And Will is over there. So, um, this makes sense, Steve, that just pass the belt on to Will and let him go to Japan and do what he's supposed to do. And Kenny is not an IWGP guy anymore. So enough's enough now. Let's move on with this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be the title change with uh, Osprey winning. Uh, That match, both of them talked about how, good God, we should just be what live, we should just be live watching this show and not even talk about AEW. (laughs) (laughs) The Uh, I want to live, I want to live watch the 1987 NBA draft so I could sit next to my three friends once again and say the same thing we all said that day. Who the fuck is Scottie Pippen? Yep. Michael Jordan. Yep. Um, just ask him. Yeah. I, um, yeah, but Osprey's going to win. Both of the guys are on record saying that that match basically bit, beat the shit out of each other. They just beat the shit out of each other in that match. Yep. And Osprey's saying he's still recovering from it. Hmm. So I, I I think their goal's gonna be to top that match, mm-hmm. which <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, I would argue that this match should probably be the main event. Mm. But I don't know if it will because of the uh, other no. match we talk about. Yeah, no, it's not. But the other match will be, I think. But what do you think of this, this one? This Nate? will break. This oh, will sorry. break the bouncer scale. Uh, yeah. This one Minim- or the other one will break the minimum bouncer. of six stars for Omega Osprey. Uh, I agree. I think the other one has already. I think he, I think Dave's already graded it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think we're gonna get two seven, at least two seven star matches yeah. out of this show. Yeah, yeah. These what are legitimate dream matches, though. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we've seen Omega Osprey at least, but yeah, the the other match is this is a dream match. Yep, I agree. I agree. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, uh, Os- uh, Osprey. Like, I think it's gonna be a hell of a match, though. Like you know, oh, they, it, they, totally, they can't totally. have a bad match. Like even even if they tried to have a bad match, it would still be at least three and a quarter stars, but and it'd be better than the CM Punk match with both guys trying to have a good match. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. The only thing I have a question about Steve is I wonder how much, if any, like storyline stuff we get for Omega going forward out of this match, or is it just are they just gonna play it straight? I think they're just going to play it straight because they have to go back to Omega and Takeshita and the BCC mm, stuff. Mm, mm. And the individual match the two of them will have, my assumption that Kota Bushi is going to be coming, and then some sort of blood and guts match after mm. that. So I think, yeah, this is just to continue to get the belt off and just to be a straight-up rematch. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I'm curious where Kenny goes from here. What I would like is I want a WWE-ish moment where Kenny's walking backstage and one of the two guys in our last match walk by him and they look at each other and go, huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember seven years ago when we owned this fucking ball of mud called Earth? <laughs> yeah. Remember when our matches added up to 366 stars and we drove everybody fucking crazy? Yeah, I do. All right. Of course, the last match is uh, Brian Danielson. And uh, K, the other KO, <laughs> the other KO. Um, I think I, I, I'm dead serious when I say this. I think I, <laughs> I think, and I'm not joking. I think Dave already has this at seven and a half. <laughs> I think he already put it down. I think he already put it down that it's seven and a half. I've wanted this match for years. Mm-hmm. Here's the. Here's my thing. This match is still going to be fucking ridiculous. This match is going to be ridiculous. We know yeah. it's going to be ridiculous. My only problem is it's just a little too late. Give me 2012 Brian Danielson and 2016 Okada, and you've got nine stars. Uh, I feel like I don't want to say disappointed. I, I definitely, I, I'm definitely curious your guys thoughts because i feel like we're all going to go into that match thinking holy shit we're about to see like the equivalent of 2016 kenny and okada which we are not i'm sorry it's not happening these guys are just not that young they're not young anymore and but having said that i almost feel like danielson is almost going to go too far and the match will almost be more than it could end up being kind of thing. If you get my drift, I just feel like you you're hoping for a big match 
and you're going to get just a really, really amazing match, but not that match. That's just my, that's just my take. Uh, I think this match is going to be amazing. Uh, Steve, I don't think it will be last. I agree. I th- well, it could be last. It is between these last two matches, but I have a feeling this one's going to be more this match. Um, but am I like, am I, am I, I feel like I'm not explaining myself as, like I want to, but do we feel like they're almost going to go too far to where it's not going to be as good as we think, or will it kind of settle in and be just really, really great? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I, I apologize. I'm not getting my thoughts out. Right. But I just, I feel like they're going to try to take it to a gear that maybe seven years ago they could get to, and now they just can't. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both older. And, you know, even Okada, Okada's still pretty young, but his matches are, you know, not as good as, say, a couple of years ago. I also think it's going to be hard to live up to what Omega and Osprey are going to do. It's mm-hmm. They're going to be two different types of matches. My, I, I hope they just don't give each other a lot of headbutts. <laughs> it's, I think that's more yeah. like, and maybe that's what you're referring to a little bit too. Like, like, uh, don't try to kill each other, especially Danielson, who sometimes, you know, has a history of not knowing his his own limits. Yeah, it, it it's a definitely a dream match, but probably won't be as good as Peak Okada versus Peak Danielson. Mm. But also, these two guys could probably sleepwalk a, a, a five-star match together if they wanted to. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I feel like, you know, this match is one of the reasons Daniel Bryan is in AEW. You know, this is why DBD came here. Mm-hmm. To have opportunities like this that he wouldn't have had with his former employer. And so, you know, you're right in the sense, Scotty, that technically this match will not be as good as it could have been three, four, five years ago, you know, when both guys were closer to their peak. But I also think that the fact that this match is happening and the fact that these guys from a mental standpoint are probably as good or maybe better performers than they've ever been from, you know, crafting a match, you know, Mm -hmm. from the little things about a match. I think that, you know, doesn't quite make up for the lack of, you know, whatever physical decline they've had, but it kind of evens the scales a bit, you know? Like, what we lack in athleticism, we make up for in just ring smarts and knowing how to work this crowd, who is all the crowd is already in, right? Like, you've already got them on the hook, and mm-hmm. just seeing these two in a ring, like, the right. crowd is going to go nuts, you know, when that bell rings. And so it's just a matter of them going out there and executing the match. And like Steve said, they could sleepwalk through a five-star match. Uh, I think we're going to get better than that. Um, you know, it won't be what it was, but it is going to be, you know, like the, the the thing that people have been talking about for years. You know, it's kind of talking about the NBA, Steve Willie. We never got that finals matchup between LeBron and Kobe that everybody wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And I let's know. say, you know, hypothetically – you know, if Kobe were still with us and he played a couple more seasons, we've got a matchup between, you know, and the Lakers found a way to get the Warriors to slip on a banana peel. And we got, instead of the 2016 Lakers-Warriors matchup, we had Kobe and LeBron in that finals. It wouldn't have been what Kobe and LeBron would have been seven years earlier, but it still would have been Kobe and LeBron. <laughs> 
And so that's how I kind of look at this match. Like, it's not what it would have been five years ago, Scott, but mm-hmm. it's still Okada and DBD. Like, it's it's still going to be great, you know? Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, to me, this is this is the reason why you buy this pay-per-view. Like, yep. all the other matches aside, like, they're great. And, like, you know, uh, that Okada match has the potential to be even better than this match. But I think this is the match, the dream match, why you put down your money to get this show. Yep. Yep. Um, but I worry. Well, you know, it's funny. This is the kind of match that brings us into our second topic tonight, which we'll get to in, in two seconds. But um, on a side note, since you did bring it up, Nathaniel, I'm going back through the books because I'm looking at my Black Mamba jersey right now. I think the closest they would have come for Prime, I guess, was 2009. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, Kobe won won the title. The, one was world champion and i think lebron i think cleveland made it to the east finals and they lost to the magic i think that's the closest we would have gotten to prime of both of them mm-hmm. i think i think cleveland lost in the eastern conference finals to orlando and then the and then the Lakers took out the Magic in I think five games because I don't yeah. think that Magic team was very good. I mean they were. They that, were good. That's when LeBron took his talents to South Beach. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, I think a uh, two. Uh, wait a minute. No, I think he played one more year in Cleveland. I feel like I feel like eleven was ten. Wait. Now I'm confused. No, I, I thought it was ten more. when he went to the Heat. Was it eleven? Was it was it the ten eleven season? Was the first one in Miami? Which means 2009, 2010 would have been his last season in Cleveland, I think. Yeah, because 2011, Miami lost to... No, they didn't lose to Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City never made it. Uh, who the hell won it? Oh, no, no. Miami Dallas. lost to Dallas yeah. in 2011. That was Dirk's That title. was LeBron's first year. Yep. And then the following year, <coughs> then they won back-to-back. They beat yep. San Antonio. No. They beat San Antonio, and then they beat Oklahoma City? Something like that. And then 2014, they lost to uh, San Antonio, and then I think LeBron, I think that's when he went back to Cleveland. Anyway. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, you give me give me the Daniel Bryan from one of my favorite Daniel Bryan matches of all time, and that was him and Punk at Over the Limit 2012. And give me Okada in 2016 during any of those matches with Kenny. <laughs> and you could arguably have the greatest match in the history of the universe. Not uh, not Orton and uh, Edge during the COVID mania, which was supposedly the greatest wrestling match of all. Or was that Backlash? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it was, it was wrong. Uh, <laughs> give me 2012 Daniel Bryan and give me or D- DBD, as you say. I like that, uh, Nate. DBD. I like that. Give me 2012 DBD. Give me 2016 Japanese KO. And you would have arguably the greatest match that would ever have lived in the in the world. So there's your Forbidden Door preview. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, again, the the show, of course, is on pay-per-view Sunday night on uh, Bleacher. Uh, I'm actually recording two pods that night, so I will not be watching it live. Uh, if everybody gives me a good review, maybe I'll buy it on the archive. We'll see. But this, uh, while we have uh, about another half hour, uh, I want to talk about a topic that I've wanted us to talk about for ages. But every time, you know, we would come up to our next episode, a big news story, or we would be previewing a big weekend of, sh- of, of shows, 
So we never got around to it. But this weekend, since we only have the one show to cover, I really want to get into this. For those that that uh, had a chance, and I know many many of our listeners did, last Saturday, on the last on the uh, last episode of the NWA Saturday Special, Doctor G and I had a boring week of no NWA news. So I approached him, and I knew this was going to be the last time he was going to be on a podcast. For those that listened to the show, uh, Doctor G had surgery earlier this week. He had his thyroid removed. Um, and he's doing very well and people have sent him messages and stuff and, and, uh, uh, thank you for your prayers and well wishes on behalf of him. He's doing fine, but he's on the podcast IL for a while to get his throat back. So last week was the last show he was going to be on for a while. And I wanted to bring this topic up with him knowing that I was going to bring it up with you guys too. And that is of course the worst word in wrestling over the last five years, tribalism, which never existed. Until 2019. To be fair, Scott, we didn't have a tribal chief until then. That is true. That is true. It it was not acknowledged (laughs) until 2020, Nathaniel. Um, And, yes, we know what's going on the last, like, four years through the pandemic to now where, you know, there's been lines in the sand. No pun intended. Greatest greatest entrance theme ever. Uh, But until Steve told me, told us this story that happened... Memorial Day weekend. And then I fucking lost it. And we had to talk about it on a show. So I mentioned it on the Saturday special, but for those who don't know. So, of course, Memorial Day weekend, we had a huge weekend of shows. We had the Impact show Friday night. Saturday, we had Night of Champions. And then uh, in, in Saudi, the Blood Money. And then Sunday, we had both NXT Battleground and Double or Nothing. So everybody knows the website Cage Match. We use it all the time. It's a wrestling database. It's based out of Germany. Uh, and that's where we get our shows and, you know, people grade matches, et cetera. And that's, they have a, that's a great database for if you're looking for a promotion or a championship lineage or such and such and such. According to Steve, and, I, and this, this, is, this is, well, Steve would not lie, uh, but it was also confirmed because I read stories. Apparently that night, People were going on to Cage Match, logging into their account, and seconds after matches ended, both on Battleground and Double or Nothing, people were doing one star, half star, dud, just grading matches so poorly, knowing when we all knew that the matches were actually a lot better than uh, they were a lot better than uh, than these people said, and. At this point, Steve, when you told me that, I lost my shit. I'm like, really? This is how low we've sunk? Yeah. (laughs) As humans and as wrestling fans. We've gotten to this point now where you're wasting your fucking oxygen going to a wrestling database site and faking grades. When you put it like that, it sounds even worse. (laughs) I mean, are you serious? I lost it. Dr. G just sat back and let me pull the ripcord. And we had a great discussion. And it's a good compendium with what we're talking about tonight. So uh, please check it out. Last week's episode of the Saturday special. Um, And it it said to me, we got to talk about this. Because we have always had competition in wrestling. It's always been there. Going back to the territories. You know. And then, of course, we had the Monday Night War. And then in 2002, WWE thought they were the only one. And then, of course, in 2002, not one, but two promotions started. 
One of them is a show that uh, is, you know, one of them is a promotion that Steve and I do a show. And, of course, another one that somehow is still around now. And for some reason, over the last five years, yes, does it coincide with the birth of, of All Elite Wrestling? Yeah, it does. Over the last five years, I have just seen the lowest form of human of the human condition. Uh, and I kind of let it go. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I like to throw my, my little jabs. But I do like AEW as a promotion. It has its, it has its positives. There, has, it, there is its negatives. I still think the women's division is not nowhere near the women's division of other promotions. But their tag division is head and shoulders better than anybody. Um, and I'm not the biggest Tony Khan fan specifically as a promoter. It's not reflecting his promotion. It's just him I don't like. But that doesn't mean I don't like AEW. I hate Vince. Well, I don't hate Vince, but Vince needs to go with his snidely whiplash mustache and his fucking dyed Botox face. He needs to go too. They're both annoying. But when Steve gave me the, told us this cage match story, I fucking snapped. This is how low we've sunk. Some guy, there was a picture on Twitter of some guy at Double or Nothing in Vegas watching Battleground on his phone. And he got crucified in, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Now, that's the number one problem, social media. We'll get to that in a minute. Because it makes a lot of, makes a lot of cowards grow a giant set of grapefruits when they're, when they're home and no one's there to get in their face. But that's another story. Actually, it is a main story. Nathaniel, we've been doing podcasts forever. We have a platform here. We have always stated... Everything that we ever say is strictly our opinion. And that is established, which is why I think our podcasts do well and people respect us because we love debate. We love discourse. We love, we love uh, you know, agreeing and disagreeing. That, that's what makes good humans because we're family, guys. We've been doing this for, for almost a decade, over a decade. I'm not PJ Whitmer, though. Because he's a piece of shit, but yeah. uh, okay, <laughs> we don't even have to talk about that he a, story. He was a shitty wrestler on top of it. So whatever. It, it, it's a guy that always looked like a piece of shit. So it's not surprising. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, that's true. Pretty much. But the question I have, and, and Steve, for someone who's in your profession, who has to read people for the most part, but seeing this human condition as low as it could possibly be, over wrestling <laughs> fucking wrestling i don't i i mean i go i i look at people in politics like go on twitter and bash whoever and whoever and and it, it you know regardless of what your your ideology is i don't even see that as bad as i do wrestling fans the question i have for you nate and then steve i uh, you're I, i'll Number one, why is it so bad now when we've had competition wrestling for decades? And number two, if we didn't have social media, would it even exist? The reason I say that is we had a Monday Night War, guys. We had mm -hmm. WWF and WCW. Dr. G and I disagreed on this point. He thinks if social media was around between 1996 and 2001, we would have had the same problem. There would have been tribalism. I disagree. Mm -hmm. 
I think more people watched both than do now. We won't count Impact or NWA or ROA or those. Strictly WWF, WWE and AEW, because we know that's the main problem. I think less people watch both shows now than did then. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there was as much of a line drawn in the sand then as there is now. What do you think, Nate? Well, to that specific question, I think you're both right. I think that less people are watching in general now than they were during the Monday Night War era. Uh, And back then, most people did watch both. You know, they were flipping back and forth through the channels. That's why they, you know, both shows were strategically designed around when the other show was going to break. If we could put something on that'll get you to stick on our channel while you're flipping, you know, over from Raw or over from Nitro. Uh, so I do think you're right, Scott, in that more people watch both. But I think he's right in the sense that social media is the stimulant to a lot of this. You know, back then, if you wanted to argue, you had to fire up your dial-up, Steve Willie, or get one of those <laughs> AOL mailers that they would send you out and get on, like, a specific chat room to argue with people. And people had to be there for you to argue with them. So, you know, depending on what time of day you were, it was, or what part of the country you were in, you had a very limited scope of people that you could argue with. With the internet, with social media, you can argue at any hour of the day, and there will be at least one person (laughs) willing to argue with you if you're loud enough. And so I think social media is kind of the, the NAS, you know, like Fast and the Furious. You know, it's it's the giving us that juice, you know, but I also think, you know, you talked about politics, Scotty. This is a bigger issue than just wrestling. Like we're focusing on wrestling tonight because that's what we talk about. But Mm -hmm. I think if you look at, you know, politics, politics has never been as tribal as it is now. If you look at, you know, entertainment, like go, go, go ask somebody about the latest DC or Marvel movie on social media and see how that works out for you, Scotty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like you you can't win for losing because people are so invested in the things they 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 like which is a good thing but as opposed to before the age of social media or you know 10 15 20 years ago where things were a bit more moderate even though you you've always had extremes on any side whether you're talking politics entertainment sports like sports fans can be ridiculous go go on an english premier league message board and see what some of those conversations are like, Steve Willie. Uh, but I think that just the time we live in now, uh, and I think, you know, there, you know, Steve can speak to this maybe a little bit more. Like maybe there is something to the pandemic making us cling to the things we like more than in years past. But also that big element of being able to talk to anybody anywhere at any time behind a veil of reasonable, you know, protection. You know, even if even if you have like your face out there and your name out there, and you're not some random, you know, egg with numbers as your uh, as your username. I, I can say whatever I want to say about Kenny Omega right now on Twitter. Steve Willie, Kenny's not coming up to Kenny's not pulling up to Virginia. He's, he's not going to do that. And I can say anything I want to about random WWF fan, a random AEW fan. And no, none of those fans are coming to see me. And so that 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 emboldens, you know, somebody to get into these arguments. But I also think the third thing I will say, besides the climate, the general climate that we're in, mm-hmm. particularly in America, besides mm-hmm. social media, Steve Willie, the last thing I would say that kind of contributes to this tribalism, particularly when you talk about wrestling, is 
I feel like there is something, and, and, and I think a lot of tribalism comes from a negative place, but this aspect I think maybe comes from maybe not a good place, but a genuine place. Like a lot of people want to feel like they belong to something or something belongs mm-hmm. to them. And so it's like, if if I'm a WWE fan and that's, you know, I'm some 19, 20, 25 year old, 30 year old person. And that's what gives me joy in my life, Steve. And I see somebody coming online and they're talking bad about what I thought was a fantastic uh, Austin Theory segment. <laughs> like that, like because I've invested so much of my energy and who I am and my identity in this particular brand, I get offended when somebody takes a shot at that brand. And so I think there's something to see people trying to find something that makes them happy and something they identify with, but then taking it too far to where my defining trait is I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a Marvel fan or I'm a DC fan or I'm an AEW fan or I'm a WWE fan or I'm a Tyrus fan. That one person out there who was a Tyrus fan. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Billy. His name is Billy, yes. Yep. We're, we're talking to you, Mr. Corgan. I know you're listening. But like, I think there's something Chicago. to that, Steve. <laughs> that, that you know, people latch on to something that makes them feel good, and it kind of gets corrupted through the tribalism. Oh, there's so many different directions to go. As I, there is that sense of belonging, as you're saying, right? The need to be part of something and as our as a good friend uh dr professor ely would say you know talk about like the confirmation bias where you only look for those things that back up your product no matter what is happening Mm -hmm. it's why forever you know politics is a good example it doesn't matter what your party does for some people, even if you don't agree with it, you start to agree with it. It's like you will not deviate. You know, most smart people will can see through that stuff, but you just like, no matter what those people say, you must follow. Um, my example I use a lot is, you know, growing up near Chicago, having Cubs and White Sox. Mm-hmm. And especially as I you know moved away when I got older and, there's no team around here really besides the brewers like 100 miles from here no one cares about the brewers (laughs) except people in milwaukee well and so i just embraced the fact and i did when i was a kid too like sweet i have two baseball teams Mm -hmm. that i can root for and it's very rare that both teams are good so oh i can lean into i'm leaning a little bit more in the cubs this year because they're starting to come on the come up and there's new guys that i can get behind and they got some new free agents uh, but I also watch the White Sox because their broadcast is way better. It's way more enjoyable of a of a television program to watch. Uh, for the last few years, years before that, the Cubs were terrible. But the White Sox had all these uh, guys out of the Dominican and out of Cuba that were had a lot of cool energy and style that I liked. I find that great and fascinating. Other people want to destroy each other over like teams that are like literally 12 miles down the road from each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and it just, it doesn't make sense to me. The politics I get a little bit more cause there are some, you know, there are some aspects of, you know, each one that we don't even need to go there, but with AEW and WWE, there is a different philosophy behind each. I think. 
but ultimately it's the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's professional wrestling. In terms of the past, I had those AOL mailers. I'm not going to lie, Nate. <laughs> uh, there were, I mean, so many of uh, the old school guys of what we do now, mm-hmm. um, many of whom we know, like, you know, like Pete, one of them, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the DVDBR guys, like, um, um, God, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, Rasmussen, the guy who just passed away a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yep. Mm. Yep. And uh, Will from Texas, you know, good friend of all of ours, um, one of the OGs in terms of, um, you know, looking at wrestling, getting stuff from around the world. I mean, even Tony Khan was in that group when uh, when Dean Ransomison died. Tony Khan contributed like 5K to mm-hmm. his GoFundMe. You know, those kind of people existed, but it, it always felt like it was more of a community mm-hmm. Yeah, where it was... We were all so into wrestling, and especially as WCW and ECW died, we wanted to see more. Like, mm-hmm. or you know, even in WCW, oh, there's Liger. I want to see mm-hmm. more of that. Mm-hmm. How can I get him? Well, let's all figure it out and come together and trade tapes and stuff like that. Mm. And there was that part where Nitro and Raw were on at the same time. And it became more of a party type where you get your guys together and you sit and you can watch both shows or maybe you'd watch Raw and then catch the replay of Nitro when they would do that back to back. And make a, you know, make mm-hmm. an evening of it. Whereas we now, used to have our, our dorm room set up, you know, because uh, when I was yeah. in my year in my uh, first year of college, freshman year, uh, this was towards the end of the Monday Night Wars, but we would have both TVs set up. Mm-hmm. Like one TV on USA and one TV on TNT, and that's how we'd watch it. Yep, that we would do the same thing. I got that's awesome. I worked at Best Buy at the time. I got mm. some cheap ass cable splitters <laughs> run from the <laughs> run from the box and uh, split the yeah split the cable, and then yeah we'd have a we had a tiny TV and a regular TV, and then we'd switch back and forth the big TV depending on what what we wanted to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was more of a community atmosphere. And we weren't sitting on our computer, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the, well, let's say like the chat rooms or the blogs, because there were, I mean, there were chat rooms on AOL that were not the best places to be. <laughs> um, and and now, like you said, there's always someone on to respond, and there are people who are on there that are not arguing in good faith. Part of it is like, yeah, this is our. This is my team. This is who I root mm-hmm. for. This this is WWE. This is AEW. Everything they do sucks. But there are also those people who are out for clout to try to yes. get a rise out of people. Yes. I'm uh, yep. looking at you, Charlie Art. Yes, uh, wh- much, much like uh, politics, there are people that are in it for the grift. People yeah. who don't believe what they're saying, but they know oh, yeah. there are people who believe what they say, and they're also going to get clicks from people who hate what they say. And and. Like, like, like you said, Steve Willie, we know people in the wrestling business like that who just like to cheese people, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and get a rise out of them. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really a monstrous behavior, you know, because they're out there, all they're out there for, Steve, is chasing that cheddar. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not Gouda people. <laughs> Love Gouda. <laughs> Love cheddar. And they should not steal it. You know, because before this, there was always. Listen, there was always tribalism in smaller ways, like, you know, 
one that one thing obviously that I've always gotten put in the center of when I didn't even want to get in the fight is there was always Triple H tribalism. Mm. You either absolutely you either absolutely hated him or you were me. That's pretty <laughs> much it. No one else is me. Oh, you know what, Brett? Uh, uh, not Brett. Uh, uh, who was my buddy from Minnesota? Shit. Um. Oh crap! He was an old PTB guy. William Snow. Oh, what the hell was his name? His uh, name is Bill Snow. Wilkerson. No. <laughs> Shit. There used to be an old PTB guy that uh, whose name escapes me, and I feel terrible. But he was a big Triple H guy. Not like me, but um, and like I used to have. People like Will was one of them. Love Will to death. Same thing with uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, his, his dad uh does stuff too. He used to do shows too. Um, man, I can't get any names tonight. But uh, Will used to do a show with him. He was a you know he was a a journalist guy. I can't think of his name. But anyway, um, they used to try to convince me to stop liking Triple H. Like <laughs> it was like ridiculous. Like like I'm not getting into this shit with you. He's my guy, and fuck <laughs> off. That's it. And conversation over. Stop typing. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care about your crap. Go away. I wouldn't do if it. The, if that happened in the social media era, Scotty would be posting every Wednesday, like, if Triple H has 100 fans, I'm one of them. If Triple H has 50 fans, I'm one of them. If Triple <laughs> H has two fans, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. If Triple H has zero fans, then that means I'm dead. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> but... But that was different. Like there was, you know, you had tribal, <laughs> but that was different. It wasn't tribalism in the sense that, you know, it was, it was just, we all had, you know, we were within a promotion, WWE. Mm-hmm. We liked this guy. We didn't like this guy. You know, we, you know, we liked Daniel Bryan. We liked Randy Orton, you know, Randy Orton's another lightning rod kind of guy. Edges too, I, I feel like. But, and there was, there was like WCW versus WWE, but everybody, even if they were like hardcore WWE or hardcore or WWF at the time, yeah, yeah. Or hardcore WCW, they still watched the other show. They did. They absolutely did. Um, I do agree with, I will say this, and you were right, uh, Nate, earlier. I do agree with Dr. G that if there was Twitter in 1997, you know that there would be some WCW or WWF assholes that would... <laughs> The other thing is WWF's standing. Mm-hmm. If you remember during the Monday Night War, for the most part, WWF was the underdog. Yeah. Eric Bischoff was the fucking asshole. Eric Bischoff was Vince now, and Vince then was Tony mm-hmm. Khan now, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I know that makes I know that sounds mind-boggling, <laughs> but that's the truth. Uh so I think WWE being the flamethrower, uh, and AEW supposedly being the little guy, which they're not, mm-hmm. um, uh, w- it was part of it too. I think a lot of it is, and W and AEW is not the quote underdog. Uh, they just they did sell off forty thousand at Wembley. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, it's true. Uh, whether they put a good card out, that remains to be seen. They get, that's their job to do that. But there definitely is more brass balls in social media than there are. You know, back in our day, guys, when we actually grew up to actually talk to people face to face, because but, I'll tell you something. Somebody says something about, you know, oh, you're just a blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give you my address. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on my door and say that to my face. Meet me in Temecula. <laughs> Meet me in Temecula. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll I, see. Yeah. I will respect you. You're going to lose some teeth. But I will respect you because you actually <laughs> will say it to my face. 
That's the other problem. No one's got any balls anymore. Everybody just fucking says it behind their phone or their, you know, and, and we talk, we make jokes about people guzzling Mountain Dew and all that kind of jazz. But um, now it's wrong with that. I just <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh, of OG, right? I was just talking with our, our guy, uh, CRZ, Christopher Robin Zimmerman. Uh, I love CRZ. Dew today. Love CRZ. <laughs> we, the new flavors came out and I was like, hey, check this out. <laughs> Grown ass men. <laughs> uh, the, the thing that's a little bit scary is that there's so many people that are kind of keyboard warriors mm-hmm. that there are those few that then get out in the wilderness and think that is how you act in real life. I, I mean, I, I was at the doctor uh, just this week doing like the, the old physical and some old coot was in line, like swearing at the lady behind the counter because you have to fill out one of those questionnaires every time you go to the doctor and you have a special one for Medicare. It's like, this is intrusive, blah, 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 blah. It's all bullshit. I'm like, oh, what gives you the right to talk to people like that? Mm-hmm. Right. Also, like you're at the doctors, of course they're going to ask you your medical information, <laughs> fuck knob. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, and that's that is a, but that's also getting into a little bit more of a different topic because it's more of the wrestling tribalism. Yep. The thing that personally bothers me about it, like I could care less about the the random people it, it bothers me when i see people like an arc like the ptbn community do it um you know with it doesn't happen i don't think that much in like the the post community that you know or that nate's a part of and i'm a little bit a part of um because for the most part like the, the, these two groups are smarter fans mm-hmm. um, and i don't mean in like the smart way i just mean they're how do I say this? Well? Just more intelligent than the rest more, of you. More intelligent people. Yeah. Humanoids. Yeah. And like, TTVN, get along. post-wrestling. We, you know, if you, if you take post-wrestlings, 33 and a third percent chance of winning. And you take Place to Be Nations, 33% and a, and a third percent chance of winning. And you put them together at 66.3% chance of winning, Scott Criscola. Mm-hmm. All of us went to highly educated universities. Yep. Yes, we did. <laughs> so it does like it, like when there's you know and there's i'm not gonna name names that i wouldn't do that but it, it makes me a little bit sad to see people get so tribal in our communities about it um because it's you know we're a niche within a niche and it's like come on like like first of all if, if you like and, and we talk about this all the time on this show and i've talked about it a lot on uh you know what that means in the aw show and, and i know Jordan feels the same way as I do. Andrew Reich watches everything he can. He'll, mm-hmm. WWE and AEW. Yep. Uh, but I, it just, I have limited time. And not only do I have limited time, uh, you guys know how much wrestling I have at my house. It's ridiculous. Yes. I, yep. um, I, I like to watch a wide variety of things. So I just choose AEW. I talk about AEW more because that's what I watch more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to SummerSlam. You know, yes, you are. If, I, if I if I didn't like WWE, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that. Uh, it, it's just like you can like what you like. It's OK. Yeah. If I say I don't like WWE and it's not for me, that's not an attack on you. It, it's not an attack on what you care about. It, it's like it, it's wrestling. It, it mm-hmm. brings so many people together. I was I, I, I was talking about this. I think it was with a client or because I got into the point in my life 
you know, being in my late forties now, good God, I can't stand saying that, um, that I don't give a fuck about other people knowing that I like wrestling, you know, when you're a kid or, you know, even as an adult, like in my thirties and stuff like that, I was embarrassed still by it. Um, part of it is just being older and knowing that, Hey, this is what brings me joy. Part of it is I have uh, amazing friends all over this country, including the, the two of you that I'm like, I know that I am cared about. I know that I am loved. And I know that this dumb hobby has given mm-hmm. me some of the best friends that mm-hmm. I have. Probably all of my best friends, to be mm-hmm. to be honest. And like, if people don't get that, well, screw them. You know, <laughs> like, I got enough friends through this. Um, so this this dumb, stupid sport has has you know brought all this us together it's like so like it's such a niche hobby to begin with right why split it up even further it just doesn't make sense to me especially because it's not the monday night wars there aren't 10 million people (laughs) you know probably less than 10 million people because like we all know we all watch both products so and they're on different nights for christ's sakes Yeah. yeah you don't and you don't have to watch everything. I can't watch all of AEW now that they got Collision and Rampage. I, I can't. It doesn't well, mean I'm not as wrestling good of... on Saturday night for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I mean, you watch uh, it. I, I did for hours, to watch it the next day or watch I, it on I, Hulu or whatever. You know. Yeah, I, I don't even get through all the dynamites anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just time. And I also throw on 1990 wrestling at a DVD sometimes just, <laughs> because it's just what I do. Or I watch Zack Saber Jr. versus Nick Gage because. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see like what happens when that occurs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's like, it just upsets me more when I see it within our smaller niche of a niche of a niche community. And like people are like, Oh, the Tony Khan is crackhead. Uh, okay, fine. If he is, but he makes a pretty good product. Um, also I could say Vince McMahon is a rapist, you know, and it's not even allegedly anymore. First of all, Steve Willie, <laughs> right. Tony Khan doesn't, in the words of the late great Whitney Houston, Tony okay. Khan <laughs> doesn't do crack. Crack is cheap. Crack Tony, is cheap. If yeah. anything, Tony does the finest Colombian blow. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, yeah, but here's the other thing too, Steve, and I know we'll, we'll wrap this up, but because we we can talk about this all night, but like as a wrestling fan, whether Tony Khan is a is a is a you know is uh, fucking Tony Mon is another Tony who says it's <laughs> a friend, or I think or, that's actually you know you know now that you bring that up, that's actually what he said after that brawl in the, in the locker room backstage. He was like, "Who put this thing together? <laughs> Me. That's who." <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, or Vince is fucking Ted Bundy, but without the murder part, um, you know, that has nothing to do with whether fucking MJF is a better world champion than Roman Reigns or fucking, Ooh, you, you know, that debate. Yeah. You know, or Charlotte, you know, or, or who's a better world champion, Oscar or Tony Storm, you know, why do we still give a shit that W I'm glad WWE, uh, ex WWE workers go to AEW or vice mm-hmm. versa. I'm glad yeah. Tony left. I'm glad, uh, you know, that's fine, but that's their fucking business. It's called life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how dare Cody leave the company? He he lost his power. They fucking kicked him out pretty much for lack of a better term. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. But but to get behind, uh, you know, to, to sit there and just 
and just waste your your life going on a on, on a wrestling database site and <laughs> and fucking make up fake grades for matches just so one pay-per-view gets a crappier mm. grade gra- a crappier curve than the other one i mean what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you get a job get laid do something but don't go to cage match and oh i'm i'm going to i'm going to fuck up this four pillars thing because nobody or you know screw uh fucking Braun breaker and fuck that carmelo hayes guy like like what, what it, get a get a grip get a grip and the only way you can have an actual education opinion on that is if you watch all of it. Exactly. Right. I, I can't comment on Carmelo Hayes because I haven't seen Carmelo Hayes wrestle more than a couple times. And that, that's why you won't, like if we do an NXT preview, that's why you won't hear me talk that much about it. Because I legitimately name, don't know. His Laker logo name at Stand and Deliver makes him the greatest wrestler in the history of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck people, and Celtic fans can suck. No, I'm just kidding. No. Anyway, guys, uh, wow. Well, that was real a lot quick, of fun. Scott, last yes, thing yes, on I'm this. Sorry. I yeah, think go ahead, Nate. something that people can learn, and it's yep. a lesson that we can apply in politics, a lesson we can apply in entertainment, and a lesson we can apply in professional wrestling is you can love a thing, you can support a thing, you can be a fan of a thing or be a part of a thing and still be critical of that thing. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, like, for instance, like, let's, like, you know, The Flash. The Flash just came out, and I saw The Flash. And it was not good in some parts and really good in other parts. And so we've got to have a, a space where things aren't either the best of all time or the worst thing ever created. Right. Because most things aren't that, Scott. Most things aren't that, Steve. Most things are in that range of, yep. you know, yep. it was okay, too. Yeah, that was pretty good. Well, and so, like, when I'm looking at The Flash, like, when I walked out of The Flash... It was it the greatest movie of all time, as Tom Cruise told me it would be. No, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? That was better than I thought it would be. Uh, I still don't like the star of that movie, but it was a, it was pretty decent, you know. And I think that's an okay take to have. I don't have to hate the movie. I don't have to love the movie. I, you know, you just have to be honest. And I think being critical about a thing is something that has been lost in this age, Scott, because there's no there's no juice in the nuance. There's no juice in the, the, the discussion of something critically or fairly. The juice is in, this is the best thing I've ever seen, or this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Now who wants to fight about it? Mm. Yeah, I agree. So the Flash exactly. didn't ruin your childhood? No, the Flash didn't ruin my childhood, not as much as the uh, jacket that I saw earlier did. Oh, no. <laughs> That uh, jacket ruined Michael Jackson's victory tour for me. I can't ever see <laughs> this this random NBA player who might be uh, out of the league in three years. Uh, that was mean oh, for, for no reason. Uh, but <laughs> this random NBA player uh, wearing this Michael Jackson, Gunther Gable Williams ensemble tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. There's only one Gunther Gable Willie, though. Uh, mm. Gentlemen, let's check out uh, Grady Dick, I think his name is from Kansas. That's a Yes, Grady yeah. Dick. Yeah, what a name. <laughs> Sounds like a guy I would see on uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break show at 3 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> like um, it's Rob Shett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> main, main event indie wrestler of the year. <laughs> oh, let's go. All right. My, my guy, that... Olivier Max Prosper, Mac- McKenzie Prosper from Marquette, going <laughs> oh, to Todd yeah. Weber's games. Also um, had a purple suit on, ready, like he knew where he was yes, going. Yes, he knew he was destined to go to the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> He wasn't even going to be drafted at the beginning of this process, and now he's a, a first-rounder. That's so funny. Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for letting me vent. 
Uh, you guys made some awesome points, and I think uh, we may have to. <laughs> I just I don't know if it could get any worse than than wasting your time faking match grades. Um, whatever. (laughs) Taking a shower would be a higher priority too. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us this week on a, on a great episode of main event. Uh, Steve Aloysius Willie, uh, you're the best. I know we can find you on Instagram and, uh, the book of face. Um, I know you're not on the, yeah, you're on the book. Yeah. I'm in the book of face. Uh, you can find me if you look. Yep. Uh, we of course have this show. You and I will be doing hopefully down the line. Uh, an episode in the next week for the newest pod of honor. Yeah. Um, and then we'll do, of course, uh, that's our new monthly show where we go back in history and look at the best stuff in the history of pre Tony Khan, pre uh, Scarface um, uh, ring of honor. Um, and uh, of course you're over on the no. So helping out, you come here and help out. You're just really great. You're a good helper, Steve. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm a tribalism. I'm a tribalist for Steve Willie. I'm pro there Steve Willie. I'm uh, I, I'm I'm against him to be honest. I'm always in his head. <laughs> I'm always in his head, and I am always bringing him down. Yeah, well, you know what? Stop bitching about your age, because I wish my age still had a four in the front of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, shut up. Uh, Nathaniel, what's going on yes. over on Awesome uh, Kings of Sport Patreon? Yes, the baby of the bunch at a at a spry forty five. It's always good to hang out with my Uncle Steve and my Uncle Scotty. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> uh, but yes, there's a, there's a lot going on at the Kings of Sport, uh, even when things aren't going on, because we put out an episode about a month ago. That was kind of our, our comeback episode, Steve Willie. We got a new logo, and... As of this week, uh, we have a new theme song because mm. one of the things we want to do this this year, the rest of this year, uh, the back half of uh, 2023 is uh, do more shows. We we brought on uh, Ray Williams, who's going to be one of the producers helping out. Uh, he may uh, launch his own show on the Kings of Sport Network because he's an MMA enthusiast and a combat sports enthusiast and a boxing enthusiast. And I feel like that's something Chris and I don't talk as much about. Not that we don't watch it, but there's so much time to talk. There's so many other topics to talk about and so little time for Chris and I to talk about them. So Chris is the new host, uh, co-host on the Kings of Sport. Ray's going to be joining us in a producer role and uh, maybe some more uh, on-air stuff. But we've got a new theme song because we want to try to monetize more. And we could not do that as long as we kept getting copyright strikes by the Run DMC people, Steve Willie. No, oh, come uh, on. <laughs> yes, Reverend Run was hmm. not not generous with the rest of the congregation in this sense. Well, maybe uh, the Reverend Reg, did, did the Reverend Righteous Reg help out at all? <laughs> uh, it it was not the Re- Reverend Righteous Reg who mm. uh, did a great theme song for the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, but it is another friend of the program. Uh, uh, this is actually a funny story that I'll talk about on our next episode when we debut the new theme. Uh, but I've actually known the person that did the theme for probably 15 years, maybe, maybe even more. And we just randomly ran into each other after not seeing each other for at least five or 10 years uh, at my place of work. So I'll get into that story and how the new theme song came to be on the next episode, which should be in July, because uh, I actually have vacation time coming up in July. And one of the things I've marked off in my vacation time is Chris and I are going to at least get one show in, because that's our goal, to do one show a month, I believe that we did one last month. And I think the clock is ticking on this month. So we might try to knock one out before the end of the month in June. And then I've got a full week to get a show down with Chris in July. 
but check out the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kingsport. Five bucks gets you in the door uh, for all the upcoming content. And as you might have seen on an episode of the NWA podcast a few weeks ago, uh, we've got a new logo that has been made into a shirt that you can wear on your chest, Steve Willie. Uh, so we will we will be up. Uh, I have not seen this. Yes, oh, it's not the really? last episode that just came out, but the previous mm-hmm. NWA oh, yeah, podcast. Uh, I was wearing the Kings of Sports shirt. So uh, that is something we're going to be looking to uh, offer to the public uh, later this summer. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. Uh, but yeah, for everything else, follow me on Twitter at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic. That's where you can find all the links to all the shows if you want to be a part of the Nate Milton tribe. Mm. I, I I like shirts. I, like shirts. <laughs> I want a shirt. Um, so I'm tribal for you guys. Uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Scott C. Podfather. Please follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. We do the we do the uh, uh, the time travel every day where we go back in time to the shows that occurred on this date in history. Um, and uh, we've had some great shows this week. New through the Looking Glass, where Dave Hall and I kind of went through history of all the King of the Ring tournaments and maybe pick different winners from years where the winner sucked, uh, Billy Gunn, um, and amongst <laughs> others. So, uh, hey, yeah. You, you, you leave daddy ass out of this. <laughs> what uh, what a-, a career. We need to do an episode about that one week. Like, the ultimate survivors in wrestling. Like, how the hell is Billy Gunn and Jeff Jarrett yeah. on, like, their fifth run? Exactly. And still, like, bringing it. I mean, I got to give yeah. gotta give uh, Double J his due. Still in shape, still bringing it. The yeah. fucking hair. The hair is atrocious. The hair, is oh, the hair mixed with, uh, if you haven't watched the uh, concession stand bra with Mark Briscoe from this oh, week. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it wasn't great, but uh, Jeff Jarrett had a bunch of mustard that was in his hair. It was like the 100% inverse of Ric Flair with blood in his hair. Yes. <laughs> he should have he did the strut, too. Uh, so of course, uh, follow us on all of the, uh, podcast catchers. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, uh, which will be after, uh, money in the bank. So we will recap it, talk about it and look ahead to SummerSlam and see what's sculpted there. And of course, also, uh, we'll see what happens after forbidden door. And if anything comes out of this show as we head towards, uh, I'm sure there'll be shows in the middle of the year before we head to London for all in. Uh, enjoy everybody. Have a great weekend and have a great, uh, 4th of July. Uh, cause we'll probably next time we talk to you, will be after that, uh, for brother Nate, for brother Steve, and brother Scott, you've been in the main event. You have kicked through the forbidden door. Talk to you in two weeks. Hey, Steve Willie. Hey, Nate Milton. So, you know, we brought up Roman Reigns name during our discussion on tribalism and wrestling. And it's funny because we've always been talking about Roman Reigns looking to his post-wrestling career, Steve. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, he's done some acting. He was in Hobbs and Shaw. And so, you know, we could see Roman being into the movies following his uh, his uh, cousin Dwayne. Uh, but, but I actually got a scoop, for, you know, from Righteous Reg. Righteous Reg told me Roman Reigns actually has been in the studio recording a hip-hop album. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it's going to be Roman Reigns featuring Righteous Reg. Uh, it should be... Uh, you know, on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever your music service of choice is, maybe title if title is still a thing. Uh, but Roman Reigns featuring Righteous Reds, you can get it later this year. A tribal chief called Quest.